Welcome to Mike and Mike in the evening. Wait, no, sorry, wrong title. Hello, it's Ben. We're here with Don't You Know Sports Podcast. And the reason I said that is because I am joined by Mike Loftus and Michael Hiddings. So it's Mike and Mike in the evening for us today. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Happy to be here. Pretty good. How about you? Doing great. Excited Pretty- to talk some draft, man. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to talk draft. Yes, exactly. Um, and before we get to the draft, uh, we're just going to get you kind of, I'm going to do a quick speed recap of the NBA playoffs. Um, just because the second round did start today. This is Sunday when we were recording. Um, so I'm going to give you a quick speed recap up to the point. Um, here's my speed recap. The top four seeds in each side advanced. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yep. Basically, um, yep. It, we, it's kind of funny because we, I feel like we talked about the parody of the NBA and one of the first how it's being more parody more recently, and then the top four seeds win, and it was kind of like, okay, it, it maybe there isn't as much parody as we thought, but um, um, yeah, basically, um, Suns took care of business um, when it came down to it. They were kind of scared against the Pelicans after Booker went out, but they ended up taking care of business. Um, Grizzlies obviously beat the Timberwolves. Um, you hate to not, see it, Ben. <laughs> um, not sure. To, I mean, I don't know how the Timberwolves didn't win because they had leads in like three, all three of the four games they lost, 10, point, 10 plus point leads, 20 point leads in them, and they lost all of them all in the second half. They had those leads, so that's just absolutely absurd. Should have won in five games. The Timberwolves should have. Well, that's maybe trade cat. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> I love your Minnesota rants. Uh, I just love them. It's fair to be on the table. That to be on the table. Yeah. They're never ending. Yeah. The only problem is if we trade cat, no one will ever, no one's going to want to come to Minnesota because there's not really desirableness to come to play in Minnesota. Not a market that people like to come to. So, um, after that, then, um, we had the Warriors who, kind of just took it to the Nuggets. They were can do anything without uh, Jamal Murray this year. Jokic is obviously the MVP potentially, but he can't carry them. Um, and then, who's the last team in the West for? Um, they played the Jazz Mavericks. Mavericks beat the Jazz. Um, Jalen Brunson kind of single-handedly um, took care of them for the games Luka was out, and that gave them enough until Luka got back so they could win. Um and we can go to the East. Um, the Heat took care of business pretty easily. Not really a problem with Trey Young. Trey Young looked terrible, which is so odd compared to what he did last year. He looked, it just was very odd to watch him not do much. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Hopefully, that's not the case now for him in the playoffs. Hopefully, he can get back on it next year. Yeah. Um, uh, two seed. Um, oh, yeah. Boston ran through the Brooklyn Nets, which was kind of hilarious and awesome. <laughs> I think we all can. Oh, get... the Nets! That's gonna be a fun <laughs> off season for us to watch. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> the Celtics were looking really good up until today, till they faced my Bucks. Yep, yep. And then of course the Bucks manhandled the Bulls. Demar Derozan was just like, uh, no, just no. He he was struggling. He did not look that great. And um, the Bucks kind of manhandled them too. Um, 
And then the last one was, oh yeah, 76ers beat the Raptors. And Raptors almost kind of gave them a run for their money at the end. But um, James James Harden, uh, fat James Harden, can still play a little bit apparently. So that's good for him. Um, <laughs> for today, we'll give a, we'll give a t- shout out to the Bucks. They kind of took care of business against the Celtics very easily. Um, they looked good. Um, Giannis was balling. Giannis um, played very patient. Yes. Not a lot of mistakes. Yes. And I was more surprised with uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. And I mean, that's kudos to the Bucks defense. The Bucks defense was very good. So, and I think this, there could be games in this series because both teams are very good defensively where um, it could be lower scoring and not get to the hundreds a few multiple times probably this series because both teams are so good defensively. Um, and then our, we had um, the Warriors and the Grizzlies and Ja tried to put the team on his back but uh, ultimately came up short, which was refreshing to see because he didn't come up short at all versus the Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah, he missed that layup at the way end there. Yeah. I was rooting um, for him, so sorry, Ben, but... I'm rooting for the Grizzlies, too. I don't want to see the Warriors win again. Um, but They've again, done enough winning. Yeah. Um, shout out Jordan Poole, though, off the bench, 39-8. and eight. Wow. That, Go he's, Blue! Poole he's party. going nuts. Yeah, he's absolutely just showing how good he is. I mean, imagine if he would have stayed all four years at Michigan, how good he would have been by his senior year. Oh, yeah. you don't know how often I sit there and wish <laughs> we had him the full four years. Yeah, he would have been Ooh. absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it really is the Splash Brothers at the pool party. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Over there in I Golden don't, State. We'll give a, a brief touch on Draymond did get ejected in that game. I don't know if any of you guys saw the replay and how he got ejected. Um, I don't think he should have been ejected. It looked like he was trying to like, so. break his fall a little bit. Like, Yeah, it, it looked like I think he was trying to purposely foul him, and I think he just went to grab him just to get a foul, and I think he accidentally grabbed the jersey and pulled down. But it looked like he tried to help him. Like he was trying yeah. to like grab him. He didn't want him to fall. So I think it was a dumb ejection. But yeah, neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> with that, though, um unless mike mike i don't know if you have any thoughts on your bucks right now how you how you feeling about them honestly when middleton went down i was i was really nervous i knew that they were going to win against the bulls but i was really nervous for the celtic series but the bucks are still playing really well without him um and bobby portis uh double double today he's looking really good Giannis with the triple double it's just really i guess in what michael might say really rock solid play <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) they did. Um, I mean, the Bucks have been really good with that the last two years in general. When players go down or players have off nights, they've done a really good job of just the random players on their bench and like step up. Good role players stepping in and filling the need when players are struggling. Like Bobby Portis, I mean, he did a lot last year too. Like, um, just constantly like. Being able to have a guy like that who normally averages like five, five points a game, maybe six, maybe maybe ten even, but like comes off the bench and can just fill a need for you when someone's hurt or someone's struggling on the court, I think that's a big thing the Bucks have, and I think it's going to really help them out this series for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. Bobby Portis is, you know, big fan favorite here in Milwaukee. So it's always it's always oh, awesome yeah. seeing him he's, go off. He's a party. He's a party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when he's wearing the goggles. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Um with that, um, I think we're gonna go right into the NFL draft because I think we have, all have a lot to talk about with that. So I think um I think that's probably gonna be the main focus for the rest of the time. So I think um Maybe we uh, we open it up by just, um, I guess, we weren't really shocked with the top 10 picks by most by most standards. I think it was a pretty consensus, I guess, in um, terms of the top 10 players. They were just messed around in different people's orders for a lot. I mean, we had the top 10 yeah. players in our mock draft going the top 10, and which is impressive. I, it is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of us. Yes. To, to nail the exact players that were in the top ten. Yes. And six of ten in the exact to the exact specific team. So. Yes, and eight of ten then with the right position. Yeah. Too, because we just got the two receivers mixed up. Wow. So. Yep. Yep. Um, but I think it was a. I would say, in terms of most mock drafts I saw, unless someone had a quarterback in, those were the ten players in it. Yeah. It was just all mixed around a little bit. And yeah. So I think there was a consensus that those were the top 10. So there wasn't really any shockers. But then we got to pick 11, and the trades just started flying off the wall nonstop. Yeah, all hell broke loose at pick 11. It was so fun to watch. It was. Yes, it was. It's Honestly, that's what makes the draft. What's fun when the draft draft starts to get going is when the trades start happening. Because otherwise you kind of just sit there, and it's like, the first 10 picks were fun for us, at least, because we're, like the mock draft was fun to be like, we're doing so good on the mock oh, draft. Yeah. But at the same time, we're also like, um, we're kind of uh, kind of like, oh, is there any trades happening? Is this going to get going? Like, is there any shockers? Like, what's going to happen? And yeah, we're not disappointed in that aspect. It got pretty crazy pretty quick all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Um, outside of the Patriots the Patriots first round pick. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where to begin. Um, outside of that pick, um, obviously the make the Rams McVay video is hilarious of them reacting when the Patriots take the pick. They're all like, we had them at, we thought we might get them at one Oh four. Um, so, um, yeah. So I, outside of that pick, I would say to you two, is what was the most surprising pick? And it might not be like maybe um like necessarily like the player that won the first round, but maybe like just a team that took someone that you weren't expecting, I guess. What was the biggest surprise to each of you? Oh, I'm starting <laughs> with that one. All right, it's going to me. I <laughs> as weird as it sounds, so I'm gonna actually go with a top ten pick. Um Atlanta taking London. Drake London. I didn't see that being his spot. It, they needed a receiver. He's a receiver. They they took one. Uh, I just never it, it, vibes I got from what I was reading, hearing from experts, NFL experts. London was not the guy they had going to Atlanta to New York mm-hmm. at ten. Yes, maybe a little afterwards at, at the slots 11, 12, 13, 14. But again, I not any single clue no one had any idea atlanta had london as their number one receiver um so i, I not that it's a bad pick or anything like that it's, it was just a surprise to me because I, I don't think i expected it and i don't think really anyone expected 
him to go at that specific spot. I, I mean, I would agree with that. It kind of, it, it did shock me as well. I kind of was, um, it, it was because he was definitely a lot of people were thinking receiver in that spot, but I think the majority of people were thinking either Jamison Williams or Garrett Wilson in that spot. And I think when Drake London went, I think everyone was kind of shocked. I like Drake London, but in comparison to a lot of the receivers in the class, I just don't get like a spark feel when I watch him. Like I yeah. uh, some of his highlights, I just like, I, it looks like just, it, it looks so casual to me. It's just like, we, yeah, okay. Like, I don't like feel like special. Like I watch Garrett Wilson. I watch Chris Olave. I watched Jamison William highlights and I'm like, whoa, like that's some special stuff. Electric, there. Right. I, I don't get that necessarily when I watch Drake London. So I thought it was, I think he's got a lot of talent. So it's not shocking. He, he was going to go in the first round for sure, but it just, to be the first receiver off the board was shocking to me. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, Drake London, I would probably say his ceiling is similar to a, a Mike Evans. So, I mean, if he hits that great, but I think he's got a ways to go. I don't think he was quite as polished as Evans was when he was coming out. Um, and for him to be the first receiver off the board and, and go to Atlanta, you know, I, like I could see New York have taken him because they have some of those other young receivers that, are speedier guys and you know got elijah moore yes um and then you pair london with that okay then i could see that that makes sense but otherwise take some of these electric guys and you know i anyway it just threw Mm -hmm. me for a loop we'll see i could be wrong and they could look like geniuses for taking them (laughs) that's the fun part of all this it felt like that there was a pretty big tier one list of wide receivers out there just tons of talent i don't think that london was at the top of that for most people um i think that he was kind of like near the bottom and i I mean i know a lot of packer fans are actually kind of hoping that he'd fall to like pick 22 and then Mm -hmm. we'd snag him there but yeah he did go early and speaking of wide receivers that's actually my next um kind of sketchy pick is it's actually back to back so picks 15 and 16 were a little bit more of a shock to me so pick 16 was the washington commanders they took wide receiver johan dotson and i don't i didn't value him there um there was still Traylon burks up there so it just didn't feel like a good fit didn't feel like the the need that just didn't really feel like a good need and then the pick before that as well with the texans going uh kenyon green I mean, not to say he's a bad player, but Zion Johnson's still up there. So yes. I don't know why you wouldn't go Zion and, Johnson. And like, like we talked about too, uh, um, like a guard in the top 15, um, it, it seems like that's something that generally can wait. And unless you feel like someone's going to be Quentin Nelson at guard. I, I, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's about the only time you should for. be taking a guard that high. I That's a, a good one, Mike. I, I just... Interior lineman, first half of the draft. Unless, like, Quentin Nelson was a surefire, so long as he stays healthy, this is Hall of Fame potential level guard. Okay, that's a special exception. Those guys come around once every 10 years in the interior line. Okay, maybe take him in the top 10. But these guys are good. A couple first-round guys. Pick 15? Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My other surprise pick, um, which I guess it wasn't a shocker because we all thought they were going to take this position, but I think Kenny Pickett, when he was taken, 
um the, all the hype was malik willis was going there like malik, like that they had done all this research on malik willis and they like like steelers loved malik willis but part of me then thinks the reason that was coming out is because they thought maybe kenny pickett was going to carolina in the top 10 so they'd maybe thought they never even had a shot at kenny pickett and they were thinking to themselves hey like we're not going to get him so when it, they when he fell to them they were like oh we did get the guy like the number one overall guy on the board we just didn't think he was going to be there and i think i think it was just shocking to see though because like everywhere i saw going into there uh, everyone had malik willis <laughs> like yeah he was, he was like mm-hmm. it was like a weird consensus pick that everyone just was like yeah they're taking malik willis like yeah i Okay, in our mock draft, we were actually presented with the opportunity at pick 20, Pickett or Willis. Yeah. And in my eyes, I'm like, go raw upside. I, I think you're tapping out what you can do with, with Kenny Pickett. Um, and I, I was talking with a couple of my uh, friends from high school about this whole situation, and I was just thrown off. I'm like, why would you not go Willis? You're you're in a division with those three quarterbacks. And it, where they did give me pushback is like, Michael, he played at Pitt. If there's any team that knows him, it's the Steelers. He's at their it, home it field. It does make sense. And, they watched him. Right. They they would know him better than anyone. And, you know, they didn't Willis have has a high potential to flame oh. out. You know, it's, when have the Steelers been ones to – really take that risk you know yeah. they are always the ones to play it safe and i'm like okay fair point from that perspective of what the steelers usually do um i mean i guess it should have made more sense that pickett would have been their guy but i you know i'm still just kind of like man you, i don't know if he he moves the the needle and and uh, i'm gonna sh- shout out my my buddy joel bellhorn who told me this fun fact this is the first draft we've had uh, in about 20 years, where there's only been one quarterback going like the first two, uh, two and a half rounds, that one quarterback that went was Chad Pennington to the Jets. And I don't know about you, but <laughs> Kenny Pickett seems about as close to a Chad Pennington type. <laughs> Good, not great. Yes, right? <laughs> not a strong arm, maybe a little accurate. You know, He'll get to do the playoffs defense, here and play, there. Yeah, exactly. Play to, so... I mean, I don't know if Pittsburgh is looking at a Chad Pennington and saying this is going to win this division when we got these other guys. Uh, the other fun fact is in said same draft, a six-round pick was a quarterback by the name of Tom Brady. So who knows? Interesting. Will we get the Maybe new Tom, the next Tom Brady in first this draft? First Hall of Famer was drafted later in this draft. Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, look out. It was a pretty pick. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the real question, though, is in Pittsburgh, will this QB, will Pickett, will he be able to, like, keep up with Lamar Jackson, former MVP, Joe Burrow, Super Bowl contender, and Deshaun Watson now? Obviously, we don't know about the suspension for him yet, but, I mean, he's going to play at some point, and that's, that's a pretty deep roster that the Browns have. Yeah, so I mean, can. yeah, I don't, I don't, it, it's going to be, he's going to have to show something special within like the first two years, it feels like, 
Otherwise, they're going to have to start thinking already about moving on because that division's just set to be competitive for the next 10 years already. It's just the way it is. And it always has been really kind of competitive for the most part. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate for um, the pressure that's going to be on Pickett. But He's got to come in, produce mm-hmm. immediately. He, he is. He's going to get two years. And if there's no signs of progress within two years, boom, see ya. We're, we're moving on. Yeah, and that's where we're at in the NFL now. It's still a good roster. He's got some weapons yes. to work with. He's got Chase oh, Claypool yeah. and Deontay Johnson out there. Um, it's got you know, George Pickens in the second round. Yep. Yes. So that's and then solid. and a pretty good defense. Uh, and they just acquired Miles Jack this year too, yes. who's a pretty young and good linebacker. So another yeah. good linebacker. That, like they need more. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mean, the team has never finished like below 500 as far as I know under Mike Tomlin. So. No, it's, I don't it's a think good, so. it's a good yeah. roster, and you know, we'll see if this QB can can really take them above and beyond the Ravens and Browns and and Bengals. I mean, and I think if anything, the consistency of the Pittsburgh Steelers as a whole means he just has to play about as good as Big Ben. I mean, and that's I mean, Big Ben in early his career, he obviously was a prime quarterback. But even Big Ben towards the end of the career was putting him in playoff situations consistently for the most part. I think if he can just even get to like to what Big Ben was on his way down, they should be competing for a playoff spot every year. Like, which shouldn't be too difficult because his last he, two years have been pretty rough. Yes, exactly. So yeah. Like, He's probably better than them. So, like, I think they should technically still be competing. They have the talent, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, they're so deep across the board. They Pickett is capable of, of making a little bit of a push in year one. For sure. Um, moving on to the next topic I wanted to discuss. Um, to um, For you guys... I'm gonna again. I'm gonna say this um, outside of Malik Willis because I think maybe, and I'm also gonna say outside of also Nicobe Dean. Those are the two guys I'm gonna say you can't say here. But what was your big shock of player that didn't go in the first round or that fell? And maybe not even maybe they were a second round pick, but they just started sliding. And I'm gonna say that just outside of Malik Willis and Nicobe Dean because I think those are the really obvious ones that. We were expecting. Yeah, so I got one, and I was we were doing the the live stream during this draft, and I mean it got to point or like pick twenty, and I'm like, okay, this guy still hasn't gone. It's just just a matter of time, and it didn't. He didn't go till pick thirty, and I thought that the Kansas City Chiefs got so much value with George Karloftis. Um, this dude, he produces. He's gonna be really good. And I was I had him at as a, as a top fifteen player in this draft, so I I think that he was kind of a shock the way he fell for me. For sure, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he, I I had, I had seen him, I had seen him as high as um, pick like ten uh, or pick like eleven or thirteen to the Texans when the Texans still had pick thirteen. I had seen him there like all mock draft period, and I'd seen him about the lowest I ever saw him fall really was around the Cowboys pick most times. I felt like the Cowboys generally took him in a lot of mock drafts too, I, saw, I thought. And I think we took him to the Cowboys in the mock draft. We did, Michael. Um, yeah. Yeah. We did. But I would say that, yeah, that definitely, um, 
he did fall a little bit for sure. It was was a little unexpected, for sure. Um, the I mean other the other first round guy that I think took plummeted out of nowhere too was Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean he, but uh, kudos to the Jets for going up and getting him <laughs> because they uh, I saw it all week that they were debating taking him at ten, and for them to be like, oh, we can go get him at twenty six still. Like, yep. <laughs> they let's jump up and do it yeah they, i mean they nailed the draft in that aspect the jets they, had an a plus first round oh yeah I mean, it was incredible oh, yeah. i give them an a plus in the second round they got Brees hall i think he's a perfect fit with michael carter as like a like the style of backs that can help each other i think like using them as a two-headed monster in that backfield will be huge too but i mean I thought they, I thought they killed it just in general, which is rare to say about the Jets. Right, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's still the Jets. Yeah, they, they're probably gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> one of these, one of the three first round picks is gonna be a bust. At least, it's, maybe two. How it goes for the Jets? <laughs> yeah, I love everything they did in round one. They got three fantastic players, uh, and yet it'll find a way to not work out. Yep. Yeah, they did everything right. Was um was there a player that either you guys thought fell maybe deeper in the draft outside of round one like uh, um out, again outside of Malik Willis or Nicobe Dean? For um, me, for me, um I was surprised that it's not that he went super super late into round two. He was actually still drafted top half of round two, but I was a little surprised the Vikings were actually able to trade down in the second round. And still get the guy I thought they would have taken if they had stayed at 34, which <laughs> was uh, Andrew Booth, the cornerback out of Clemson. I mean, I was pretty confident coming in he was going round one. Mm-hmm. He was going to go maybe in the 20s. Um, and, you know, okay, he fell out around one. Yeah, we had a lot of receivers taken, a lot of movement there, a couple interior O-linemen that we didn't foresee being taken in round one. Um, but I didn't think he'd last but maybe two, three picks in round two. Yeah. And the fact that the Vikings were able to, they must have known something or just said, I, eh, okay, yeah. forget it. We'll move on without Booth. We'll be able to get some value if we move down, pick up a few picks. And they still got the guy I thought they would have taken at 34 at 42. Um, yeah. And I, so I, he I, lasted further into round two than I thought, you know, another 10 picks into round two. And I, you know, he, he's a good player. He's a first yeah. round pick talent. I was reading that there was definitely there were some injury concerns in the pre-draft process that caused him to slide down in rankings. Okay. Um, and I I think that's why I think that's partially why the Vikings maybe were confident that they could wait. And I think they if you look at who they traded up in front of at the time, um, it was the Texans who they traded up in front of, and the Texans. Um, was it Texans? Yeah, it was Texans. No, oh, sorry, Giants. Thank you. I thought it was the Giants. I was like, well, I didn't think it was the Texans. Sorry, I misread my the thing. <laughs> they traded in front of the Giants, and the Giants were a team that were um, linked to cornerbacks, um, that they needed a cornerback. So I think they saw the Giants were coming up, and they didn't expect him to fall that far, maybe after they passed on him. Um, and they had kind of accepted their fate, and then they saw him fall a little bit even further and i think they're just like well we got the extra pick from the packers which i'm still bitter about that we traded it within division but um good value there and good use of their to go up and get him when they saw he was falling so um 
Yeah. Well, I did uh, have uh, one more slide I want to bring up. I, I like the pick with uh, Washington Commanders um, taking Sam Howell. Um, okay. I felt like he, he slid pretty late and just seems like a good a good uh, backup for now. Develop him while Carson Wentz throws picks all day. So, yeah, I mean, I like the fact that they got him in the fifth round is semi absurd. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, that also does show, I think, a lot of the. Um, the the view people had on this quarterback class and that it wasn't just um, mm-hmm. me and Michael bashing it on the mock draft. <laughs> the teams also felt that way about this quarterback class. They were like, uh, we're vindicated. The yeah. NFL teams vindicated our stands. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, uh, no matter how bad the QB draft class is taking one of the better ones prospects in the fifth round, not horrible. No, just a hundred percent. That I mean, exactly. And a team like Washington that like could have issues at QB, you do not have a solid QB like who's consistent. So if he struggles, I mean, Taylor, you got Taylor Henneke, but like maybe you throw Sam Howell in there next year when you realize Carson Wentz isn't the answer because we all know he's not the answer. (laughs) Everybody outside of the commanders know he's not the answer. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think even they know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they just had to do something. They had to swing for the fences. Well, I'll throw this nugget out there. Their GM is the former GM of the Lions from about 10 years ago. So, Oh, no. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of move he makes. <laughs> uh, Wait, not, it's not Matt Mitt, Millen. Mitt, no, Millen, it's the guy it? who followed up Millen. Okay, Mark gotcha. May. Okay. <laughs> So it can't get worse than Matt then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I think next thing I want to do is I'm going to let sh- each of you one at a time. We'll go around the circle. Everyone will give one team they thought uh, like drafted extremely well. So um, Michael or Mike, you, either of you can start off and we'll just go in the circle everyone gives one and then we'll add any bonus teams after we each get at least one in all right i'll lead us off um i started right off the bat just out of curiosity because of the willis pick because okay if you didn't have willis as a first round value you definitely had him as a second round value yes so tennessee gets him at 86 and i'm like okay that's a a great pick value raw uh, talent, you know, especially seeing as we don't know if Tannehill, they can do much more with Tannehill. So you might as well let him play out the contract, see what you have with Willis. So beyond that, one specific pick was a great pick. I went back and looked at their entire draft. Now, mind you, they started off this draft by trading A.J. Brown and angering their head coach. Their front office yes. angered their head coach. There's that video. He walked away. He was. I mean, Vrabel was fuming. Yeah, he gets up from the table, walks away, shaking his head. But with the pick, they take Traylon Burks in the first round, who's as AJ Brown as they come in this class. They basically replace AJ Brown with this draft's version of AJ Brown. I don't, you know, I don't know how long it takes for Burks to become as good as AJ Brown was, but that's the guy who's most likely to do it. And then you go down the line. McCreary, the cornerback out of Auburn in round two, who people are high on, uh, say was underlooked as part of this cornerback class. 
Petit Freer in round three, who's an offensive tackle out of Ohio State, but gives them depth along the line. And then in round four, they draft Hassan Haskins, the running back out of Michigan. So a little bit of bias there, but (laughs) Hassan Haskins is a power running back between the tackles, a guy that doesn't go down on first contact. What a better, is there really a better backup in this class to Derrick Henry than probably Derrick Henry light? I mean, if Derrick Henry is Coke, Hassan Haskins is Diet Coke or Coke Zero. You know, <laughs> I have them both on your roster. Your entire team is built upon that. And if you have a situation where Derrick Henry goes down, you're not left in a situation where you have no depth behind him to continue your offense with what it is. So going through their first five picks, I'm like, I, I think Tennessee really did some great patchwork after trading A.J. Brown. Uh, with their roster, they filled up some some holes, some depth, and then took a guy, a flyer on a guy who could end up better than the quarterback they have two, three years from now. And they got him in round three, the back half of round three. So I, I like what Tennessee did. Yeah, I, and kind of going off that too. Remember last year, Derrick Henry did get hurt going into the yeah. playoffs, and they didn't have him until I think the game that they lost. So yeah. that was kind of huge them losing that momentum going into the playoffs. I think they lost him for a game. It's just it, it wasn't uh, wasn't ideal. So yeah, having that backup is a really smart idea. The other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is uh, the AJ Brown trade. Wow. Um, <laughs> So the Vikings did this a couple of years ago where they traded Stefan Diggs and then they used that first round pick that they got in return to draft Justin Jefferson. That, in my opinion, was like one in 100 chance. It obviously was like the most perfect trade the Vikings could have possibly done. And the the Titans are trying to emulate that with getting Traylon Burks. What are the chances that Traylon Burks actually returns 90% of what AJ Brown can do. Cause AJ Brown, you can almost classify him as an elite receiver right now. He's a good route runner. He doesn't drop as that many balls and he breaks so many tackles. He has turned Ryan Tannehill from a mediocre quarterback into a pretty dang good quarterback. So I think in, in my opinion that that was basically mostly AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, obviously. So mm-hmm. what do you guys, Any what Dolphins do you guys fan would that? agree with you too. <laughs> Any Dolphins fan would 100% agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys' I, takes on on the Titans trying to do the Viking strategy? I think there's about a 25% chance that uh, Burks returns close to Brown's level. I, Brown coming in in year one as a rookie, it's obviously he went lower than he should have gone in that draft in 19. Um, and I just think Burks needs a little bit of time to develop before he can come close to reaching that type of ceiling. Um, I think Tennessee's offense is going to be hurting from the passing game by trading him. And it's why Vrabel was rightfully so angry. Um, but if you're not, if you, if you don't want to pay a receiver $25 million, you don't have much of a choice. You've got to move on and uh, you get what value you can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, Fun statistic about that. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that going around on social media ever. The, the statistic about the Vikings uh, um, Bills trade with Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson. Their stat line 
is like scarily almost the exact same since like yeah. in years since it's like they both have almost it's like within a hundred yards of each other and like two touchdowns of each other like it's like scarily similar how close their stats are that's that's pretty crazy but yeah. i mean justin jefferson is he's yeah. been in the league for two years and he's putting up some of the best numbers like yeah. he's on pace for some of the best yeah. numbers of all and time i mean right you, and you can't expect that out of a rookie like that yeah. i mean it's not it's not going to happen every year and yeah. There's gen- I feel like there's, I mean, and maybe Burks is that guy, but there is generally, I feel like, one wide receiver in every draft class that kind of becomes like a, not, I mean, maybe, yeah, and kind of like a star right away. Um, mm-hmm. We saw Jamar Chase, obviously, this year. Yep. Like, he, like, Jeff, Justin Jefferson last year broke Odell's receiving yards record. And then what does Jamar Chase this year do? He beats Justin Jefferson's record. Like, it just, it just was, it's like, I don't know it feels like as of late we've just been very lucky and fortunate with wide receivers <laughs> like we get like at least one star maybe two in a draft that shine in their rookie season right away probably more in every draft but like at least in the first season we see them go crazy and it's kind of awesome to watch so maybe Burks is that guy we don't know um but again it's it's rare it's rare to trade someone with the production that AJ Brown has had and hope you can replace it with a rookie yeah and um that kind of leads right into i so i have a a pretty big list of the teams i thought did a really good draft and i kind of want to put the eagles right up there i (laughs) drafting aj brown at 18 overall (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. they gave up up a fourth round pick with it and you pay yeah you're paying them 25 million but if you can work out that cap space i mean that is just you you already know the production you're getting. You're giving Jalen Hurts all this production, all these weapons, and I mean this this is the year. This is the the year that you will find out if Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback or not. For sure. And they, they can do they, that they because know. Jalen Hurts is on his rookie contract. They're not paying Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. that much. Exactly. Uh, and then the Eagles also with their 13th pick taking Jordan Davis too, mm-hmm. defensive interior. Pretty solid pick. So uh, I actually the best I, player in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like what the Eagles are doing. Yes. That was a again another team that has historically drafted bad. It feels like sometimes, and they've kind of clicked uh, this year again. Figured out how to replace what they need to. Um, I guess I only say that recently just because of the Jalen Rieger pick. So maybe they're not that bad of drafters, but Jalen Rieger is just too embarrassing that I can't live that down. um yeah um well from for my team um i'm gonna go with the baltimore ravens yes that was my next one i absolutely love their draft i mean kyle hamilton i think they wanted jordan davis who got taken the pick before but kyle hamilton is that was a best player available draft and they did need a safety so like they needed the help over the top tyler linderbaum with their second first round pick and they got they they got a first round pick for Hollywood Brown which is absurd that you got a first round pick for him huge win how yes. did they manage that yes. unreal first round for Marquise no way yeah and then you get Tyler Lindebaum as center and you you're they needed a center too so like huge position fill I mean it doesn't really seem like they're even concerned about wide receiver they didn't draft a wide receiver so they clearly are confident with Bateman from last year from Minnesota the guy from Minnesota, shout out Rashad Bateman. <laughs> he came he came along towards the end a little bit. He started playing, um, but then in the second round, 
they get David Ajabo from Michigan, who would have been a first-round pick if he didn't tear his Achilles in the pre-draft process. So, I mean, he's so like you, you might be out the year, or if, he'll, if he does play, he'll be very, very, very end of the year. But still, that's a you have three first-round talents on your roster just off the first two first two rounds, which is first two great. rounds, three first-round picks. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and then in the third round, they got a guy who kind of slid, um, defensive tackle Travis Jones, who was like supposed to be a second-round pick, was pretty much the thought process. I, people were saying that um, Tampa could have took him with the first pick of the second round before day two started. Um, so and I was really high on him. I thought he was – I think he's really good. I, again, just a steal in that situation. They need some more tackle depth because their tackles are getting older. So what? who do they get? Who falls to them? Daniel Falale from Minnesota – who is the largest player in the NFL come already just coming into the NFL way. <laughs> he's, he's massive. He's 6'8", 364, 384 pounds, sorry. 384 pounds. Oh my god. And Dude he is, is massive. And he's he won't have to play right away. He'll be able to sit behind two older veterans on their team, Juwan James, who's a solid right tackle and he can learn from him and Whenever that contract's up, potentially he can start. And that also gives you depth along the line, too, I feel like, um, having a big guy like that. Um, and it just keeps going. It just keeps <laughs> that fell. And it, it was kind of, like, baffling to me. Um, they, I think they did a good job. They drafted Jalen uh, Amore Davis um, from Bama. He was a good Bama corner. Um, and he, I mean, it dropped him right around where he was supposed to be, maybe a little after he was supposed to be gone, but he was a top, he was fringe top 100 player. They got him in the fourth round, which I thought was a really good job again. And then they picked up two tight ends who I liked both Charlie Kohler and Isaiah likely. And I mean, I just, I just felt like I kept going through it and I was like, Oh my God. I, I, Great pick. Great, yeah, pick. great pick. Great pick. And they, great they drafted pick. a punter in the middle of that. I don't maybe he's good, but hey, go for it. <laughs> yeah, this was likely one of the best drafts um by any team in there. So they took Kyle Hamilton at 14. Their secondary could be scary good. So they're gonna have Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Marcus Williams, and Kyle Hamilton back there. Absolutely nuts. That is that is a really good secondary. Um, and then we were talking about Quentin Nelson, one of those one-of-a-kind guards. Well, this is basically Quentin Nelson at center with Tyler Lindenbaugh. So I, I think it was a really good pick as well. I mean, yeah, he's a starter in the NFL for the next 15 years, Tyler Lindenbaugh yeah. probably. He's a very good center, like yeah. solid. And they're going to have th- this this offensive line is just going to bully people around. It's just They're just going to. Just massive bullying. Lamar Jackson probably be able to do whatever he wants back there. And if he doesn't, then we can officially call him a running back and say he can't be a quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> Tell the former MVP that he can't be a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lamar, we need to have a talk, man. <laughs> um, you throw in the ball, days are over. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, what any other teams do you guys that stuck out to teams that really just killed the draft in terms of um, nailing their needs or getting steals and finding players they needed? 
Yeah, I uh, as a Packer fan, I'd love to shout out the Lions. Um, I think you guys did a really good job, especially in the first I round there. Agree. But um, I, I can let Michael go off on that. But um, one of the teams that I really liked was the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought they did a pretty good job. They addressed their needs. They got um, Trent McDuffie in the first good cornerback, which is which they absolutely needed. George Karloftis, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of. And then they got Sky Moore, um, wide receiver, mm-hmm. to help out with Juju. And so I, I think that it was a pretty solid draft for the Chiefs. Well, Mike, you took my team. The other team I was going to mention was the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> uh, and you hit on it. If you want to see the guy in this draft who just looks eerily similar to Tyreek Hill, look up highlights of Sky Moore from Western Michigan. And it's just short. The guy is basically size, stature, and, and speed. Uh, yeah. You're. He's basically Tyreek Hill. Um, we'll the, the see Coke if he zero amounts to even half of that. But the Coke like, Zero Tyreek Hill. <laughs> here, thank you. Coke zero, Diet Coke Tyreek Hill. Um, the team, I thought, did a great job, and it really stood out to me. Uh, we were saying after round one uh, that we were intrigued by what the Packers did in round one, that they went defense, defense, the two Georgia guys, but that they got solid value out of that. Um, But the one thing on our Instagram live we were saying was they got two second round picks, but if they think any one of these elite receivers are going to fall to them at those spots, it's not going to happen. They got to jump up with those picks and get them. I, they must've like good kiss must've been listening to our Instagram live. Like, I don't know what else (laughs) to say. He obviously realizes we have incredible insight here at Don't You Know Sports. And he's like, dang, those guys know what they're talking about. I'm on the phone now. And he trades up to 34. He trades with the Vikings. And he pulls Christian Watson, who could have gone mid-first round. And I don't know if I would have batted an eye. Some people probably would have. Uh, But I'm pretty high on Christian Watson. I I think his size, speed... He needs to develop a little bit, but what better quarterback to try and develop around than Aaron Rodgers? So the Packers did it. They got a upper level wide receiver in this draft and two solid defensive pieces for their future um, who can come in. I mean, especially Devontae Wyatt can come in and and be an instant impact guy. So uh, I thought especially early, I liked what the Packers did. Uh, so they they stood out to me um, and got I, a couple of late round Big Ten depth guys and uh, Samari Torre, their last pick late in the draft. Um, doesn't get a lot of pub because he played at three and nine Nebraska, but I watched Michigan, Nebraska play and I'm like, that guy's all over the place making plays. So, you know, another couple late round flyers that might amount to be something with Green Bay. So I thought they did a good job. Yeah, I, as a Packer fan, I, I love the draft. I, I don't know how most Packer fans feel about it, but uh, like like you said, Samari Torre in the last last round, I thought that that was kind of a underrated pick. Um, and then so we got we ended up getting three wide receivers, huge. I was a little shocked with the Quay Walker pick. Um, I, I I was I was expecting offensive line 
and defensive line uh, in the first round. I, I tweeted out beforehand. I said, Packer fans, do not get your hopes up for a wide receiver this this round. Just don't. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, I was right on that. Wasn't right on the Quay Walker. However, I do like it because what this does is it really bolsters our defense. And look at what the Packers have lost to the last two years, three years in the playoffs. We lost to the, the 49ers and the Buccaneers, all of whom have crazy good defenses. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have um, – they're middle linebackers. They got Levante David. Yeah, Levante David and Devin White. Devin White, super fast, really athletic. Not really sure if he's like really like elite, but he he is very solid guy and he just kind of wrecks havoc everywhere. And then you got Levante David, you know, just covering, you know, managing the defense. And I think that that's what the Packers are trying to emulate as well with having Devontae Campbell back there, kind of managing everything, you know, Pro Bowl linebacker. And we got Quay Walker to, you know, right alongside him, crazy athletic tackling machine. I think that that's what they're trying to get by. And then finally, 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 we're helping out Kenny Clark on the defensive line. I mean, this dude's a stud, a stud, stud no, a nose tackle. And we're finally helping him out. So, um, and that was with the, the Devontae Wyatt pick. Obviously, you know that the Christian Watson pick I'm happy with, uh, you know, almost like a new Jordy Nelson, you know, six foot four runs a, yep. a four three. So um, and then we also ended up getting three offensive linemen as well. We used all 11 of our picks. Um, so I'm I'm really happy with the with the, with the with the draft in general. I think they did a really good job. Yeah, it was frustrating as a Vikings fan. <laughs> Two interdivision trades, man. Yeah, yeah you guys uh, let uh, teams trade up twice. To the get last. receivers. Yeah, I know. We're, we Both already times have, picks were used on receivers. And we have a crappy secondary, so I don't know wh- what the Vikings' plan is to cover them because we're just giving people weapons that we can't cover. <laughs> um, yeah, It's a bold strategy, uh, Cotton. Yeah. See if it pays off for yeah. them. <laughs> Um, one more thing about the Packers. I did also like their fourth round selection, Romeo Daubs. Um, and I think I texted Mike that the wide receiver from Nevada. He's a pretty solid guy. Um, just a quick, cool stat about him. Um, that I saw cause, um, so Daubs led college football in catches, touchdowns and receiving yards on post routes over the past two seasons. All right. Post route. So he's very, he's very quick off the line. Um, which is good. I mean, I think it's a solid. I mean, he can be even a good, just uh, good guy to just get quick, quick pass to, like on a on a post route. I mean, it doesn't have to be any complicated. If he's good at post routes and he's good off the line, just another receiver that Aaron Rodgers can use and play to his strengths potentially. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, does a good job of playing to his receiver strengths because he hasn't had the greatest receivers to throw to a lot of the time. So. A lot of times he learns their strengths and he plays to them. So I think uh, I think that's a smart pick. I, I think I was I was actually pretty high on him. I liked him a lot. Um, ben just and, complimented Aaron Rodgers. That's all I'm going to have to take away from this podcast. I compliment Aaron Rodgers on his skill. <laughs> I, I don't compliment him on his I'm just not used to person. it. <laughs> I don't hear it from you a lot, so it's it's refreshing. Um, yeah, so we, I, I think it's a... I think it's a good idea to let everyone go through their teams, and we just went through the Packers. So, Michael, I'll let you go through um, go through your lines and give your thoughts on how the Lions did. I appreciate it. Um, after yesterday, I was feeling pretty great. 
And then the natural Lions fan in me sets in. And I, I'm now questioning certain things because that's what we do. We don't expect good things as a Lions fan. So I'm going to try and brace myself now. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a home run draft, but a phrase I would use to describe it would be rock solid. Yes. Um, questionable things. I And I'm going to come to the defense of Lions fans a generation ahead of me who are trained to be concerned when the Lions trade up to draft weapons that end up disappointing them. <laughs> so we've talked about how great Jamison Williams can be when he's healthy. We talked about the plays he can make, uh, what he's capable of being. And the Lions fans who have been Lions fans for the last 50 years go potential. When have these guys hit their potential with the Lions? They don't. And they just gave up an extra second and an extra third in positioning when they have so many needs when they're three, when they are coming off a 313 in one season, which I'm like, okay, okay, fair concerns. This guy's really, really good, but I can't tell you that you're he's got to produce. Um so I do see their point there when you have a team with so many holes to trade up 20 picks to get a very good receiver, could be the best receiver in this draft. I, we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, overall, I liked liked what they did, generally speaking. They picked up Hutchinson, obviously a pick two, which was a home run. Josh Pascal at pick 46, which... I don't know, to pick two defensive ends in their top three picks, I was, I'm was i like, you have so many needs elsewhere. Do you really want to just keep picking defensive ends? But they have so little depth on the defensive line. I guess if you're looking to overstock any position on your defense, defensive line's the way to go. Um, and everything I've read about Pascal and, and getting to understand who he is, He's a Dan Tink Campbell type of guy. Physical, plays hard, uh, great run stuffer. Um, Quite so deep, I, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, Kirby Joseph, he could have gone round two, and I, I don't think people would have batted an eye. So I think that's a great pickup. Uh, he could start at safety. Lions need safety help, and he's good enough. And they got him at the end of round three, um, and he. Would not be surprised at all if he comes in and starts. Um, and then they got some other depth pieces. Uh, shout out to, I have cousins that are Oklahoma State grads, and we picked four-year starter Malcolm Rodriguez, a linebacker from Oklahoma State, actually started as a safety there. Um, and talking to one of my cousins, uh, we, we got him in round six, and he goes, honestly, a steal for depth purposes just because he can play any linebacker spot. Um, I, he goes, the Lions could take him in round four and it would have made sense. So, uh, shout out to, uh, my, my pokes fans out there. We, we took your guy and I think it's a good pickup. Um, so again, not a home run draft, but a rock solid draft from the Lions. And yeah. we'll, we'll take that. Are you having better? And that's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And having those those like hybrid players, those backup hybrid players, they're they're really underrated to have. It's just it's really nice to have on your team. So oh yeah, oh yeah. Like a Kyle Hamilton, he's kind of like I feel like he can kind of be like a hybrid back there. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, moving yeah. on. Vikes, Ben. Let's yeah. Um. One thing with the Vikes, I, I'm just going off. Mike said the Eagles did a great job drafting, which is also very true. They got N'Kobe Dean at 90 something. N'Kobe Dean fell to 90, even if he has injury issues. The talent's there, so that's a smart pick. Yeah, like, that's a good job by the Eagles. Pick there. 90 to go for. I mean, yeah. some something like that. It was in the third round. It was a great job by them. But just wanted to bring that up because I completely forgot about that when we were talking about it. Um, but Vikings obviously they traded down to pick 32 at the Lions, and Lions went up to Jameson. Williams, my biggest issues with the Vikings draft was them giving the opposing teams in the division weapons against them. Um, but um, I didn't do much look into Lewis scene in the pre-draft process. I saw other people were super high on him. Um, kind of watched through some of his highlight tapes after they drafted him. I mean, dude sticks people. He's a hard-hitting, hard-hitting safety. He flies. He's a beast. The ball. And he's great with um, helping with the run, too. Um, which I like, and I think he's a, he's. I mean, he he is. I mean, he's Harrison Smith when the Vikings drafted him at 20 years old, and Harrison Smith's old now, so he's learning from Harrison Smith. So I think that he it's a perfect guy for him to learn from, and he plays well. At, um, I was reading up on him, and he can play both safeties pretty well. His style fits both sides, so they'll be able to play both of them. He should be a day one starter for them with Harrison Smith. And I think he'll be a solid addition. Um, and then they obviously got Booth with their um, second round pick that they traded up to go get him, which was the consideration at 32. I said, if the, and I said in our mock draft, I said, if the Vikings trade down, I know they're pretty high on Booth that they could be trying to just wait for him. So, I mean, the fact that they got him that late, even if there's semi injury concerns, um, I saw Richard Sherman um, came out and said uh, Andrew Booth might be the best cornerback in the class if he if he's healthy. Because um, he, Richard Sherman, on his podcast, he talks about cornerbacks, and he's going about the rookie cornerback class, and he's like, that's a steal for the Vikings to get him in the second round. So that made me feel a little bit better about where we were going. Then the next two picks were a little off-the-wall flyers. I, I don't know why we reached really high for these guys. I feel like we could have got them in the fourth round. <laughs> um, uh, they took Ed Ingram, an offensive guard from LSU, who I'm just looking at the ESPN ranking right now just because I, I his overall ranking was 133, and we drafted him in the top 60 picks. <laughs> the Vikings must know something not a lot of other people don't. Yeah, Um they clearly, they clearly have them high on, high, high on their board for whatever reason. At least it's not as bad as the Patriots pick, but true. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, oh. he's there, I mean, I think he fits the style of interior linemen they're looking for, and they need depth on the interior line. They, their one offensive guard spot, the right guard, is absolutely horrendous, and it needs to be fixed. Otherwise, it's going to be. A, big issue this year it was last year center was an issue kind of last year too so they just need interior help any way they can find it so if they're high on him and they like his upside that's fine as long as we don't just sit him for four years because we need help now <laughs> Play him um, they took brian asamoa the inside linebacker from oklahoma who was probably early fourth round pick but um i will say he's got he excels in coverage, and the Vikings, they tend to like to use their linebackers in coverage. Eric Kendricks is 
maybe one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. So I think their thought was um, they're switching to th- um, well they're switching to a three four defense this year. So we'll see how that works. But I think they want they signed Jordan Hicks in the offseason, who's an okay middle linebacker. But I think this is more of a pick. Um, to help in coverage aspects in the linebacking side. So he's fast. He's a fast for a linebacker, so I like it. But, again, really high. Um, two more picks I just want to touch on then. A Caleb Evans, their fourth-round corner, he was a super high upside guy. But, I mean, they took him really early for him. But I, if you – in this – when you get to the fourth round, if you like someone, you're just taking them because you don't know who, where everyone else is bored. When rounds one through right. three are a little more structured where you're – everyone's fallen pretty much a consensus ranking but once you get to round four it kind of breaks open and it's just like yeah. take who you want take like guy. yeah if take you you don't want to miss out on them so like which player is most valuable to you and i think the vikings viewed a caleb evans a cornerback who is a very good press corner and i think they saw the upside of the, how they could use them and they took a chance on them flyer and then the next one last one i'll talk about is is zezzy Otomwo, who is actually from the University of Minnesota, defensive end. He's, I don't think he will excel at defensive end in the NFL. His style does not fit for a defensive end, but he transitions extremely well into an interior D lineman with his skills, and I, that is what I've heard they plan to use him for, and I think if he um, is used as an interior defensive lineman, I think he could be a... Uh, they got him in the fifth round. I think he could be a early fourth round value if that's the case if he plays interior d lineman so i think that was actually a really small smart move by them so overall i give it probably a b plus all right i'll yeah. take that um what would you what would you give the packers mike um i'm kind of right there with you i think they got a b plus um it's more like i'm just really excited for it so i i wouldn't mind actually giving it an a minus but I think B plus fits. I was just gonna better. say, if anyone any one of our teams gets an A, it's yours. Yeah, <laughs> I it's hard no it's hard for me to give it a a minus, um, but it, I mean it, it felt like that you know they they did address all their needs. You know we bolstered the defense. We got some wide receivers and some O line, and it's right up there, right around 90 percent. You know, so B B minus or B plus A minus. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Michael, what would you give the Lions? If you had asked me 24 hours ago, I would have probably been around the A minus B plus range, settle into more of a B, uh, which is still not bad. I, mm-hmm. I just, I still think there are, I'm going to have to see what the lines do in this second portion of free agency. I don't think they fulfilled all of their holes on defense or like filled in all their holes on defense with this draft. And I think I was a little disappointed from that stretch. Um, but they, they did still get some high upside guys and, uh, you, you walk away with Hutchinson at pick two. And I think Kirby Joseph w- could become a steal late round three. I think he's going to start right away. So I, generally speaking, and, and they were obviously high on Jamison Williams. You don't trade up back into the first round unless you believe like they believed he was the best receiver in the draft. And, and they're like, yeah, we're getting him. We have a need for it. We're going to get him. So, um, Overall, a B, they got good players. Um, I think still a little bit to be desired. They could have done a little bit more, but not bad. I think plenty of teams would kill for a B. So I, th- I think there was a lot of teams that got their number one wide receiver on their big board this year. Yeah. 
I would yeah. agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was a it was a good draft. I think in general for a lot of teams, I think a lot of teams actually filled the good needs. I think that like we talked about the depth, it was good in this draft. I think a lot of teams took advantage of that. Um, I, I I'm going to ask you guys this, and if you don't have an answer to this, that's totally fine. Um, anyone who went undrafted that you were shocked by my only one <laughs> the only one i kind of i was just looking at who the undrafted guys were um just because I, I checked it out today i was semi shocked about um carson strong the quarterback out of uh nevada didn't get drafted i thought that was um, my guy too ben yeah yeah Really liked him. Thought I uh, for sure uh, he, developmental guy. So uh, someone's gonna get a steal on an undrafted free agent. I feel like as talent wise, got decent arm talent. And the other one was um um uh, Haskell Garrett, the defensive tackle from Ohio State. I thought maybe he. Yeah. Was, I, I I was looking at him as a Vikings option late as a DT, and so um those are just two guys I thought um another guy, but I know he's got injury concerns he's got to get through is Justin Ross from Clemson, the wide yeah. receiver. But he had a lot of uh, injuries, and there was made sense why he wasn't uh, drafted. So, yeah. Um, but with that being said, um, I believe that does it for um, the Dose. I'll oh, add one more guy to that oh. list. Oh, yeah, I got one more thing. I'm going to add one more guy to that list. Okay. Um, Tyler Goodson, the running back from Iowa. Um, yeah. I speedster four four forty guy uh no one takes a late round flyer on him he can catch passes he can you know i'm I'm not saying he's gonna be a, a starting level running back but useful third down back receiver back yeah. Kind of yeah i was stunned i i was talking to my brother about a week back and i go yeah you know the big ten's got a couple backs that could go in the top three four rounds goodson was on my list for him to just not even get drafted is uh, a shocker for me. Um, beyond Carson Strong, of course. Carson Strong, I. So but I, that was another one before we ended. I wanted to throw oh, out there. Sure, Ty, sure. Tyler Goodson, I, I I think he's a very good running back, and I was stunned no team took a, a flyer on him, not even a, a round seven flyer. Yeah, on him, so. I mean. <laughs> um, I had a couple more things I wanted to mention really, really quick. Um, or one. Yeah, that Chattanooga pick was really horrible. I just want to reiterate that um, <laughs> for the Patriots. Yep. Uh, the next one, I I wanted to just quick quick discuss the Marquise, the Hollywood Brown trade to the to the Cardinals. Um, they traded the 18th or sorry, the 23rd pick for him. That's that that's not a good trade. Absolutely not. I'm just gonna go right out and say it. That's it not a good trade. Steal for the. What Ravens. about production? Like a, says yeah, give give up a first rounder for him. He had one 1,000-yard season last year, but he also had, like, 10 drops. Yeah, like, I was about to say, how many drops? the ball that much. Like, and I, I get it that, they, you know, Kyler and him played together at Oklahoma, but it, it just it, – he's not first-round talent. I just don't see it. They could have had someone else. I don't know. It's just, oh, you know who got an F in this draft? The Cardinals. The Cardinals got an F. Yeah. I looked at the rest of their draft board. I just did not like it at all. And for the price they gave up for Hollywood Brown, I would have rather taken Christian Watson with that pick yep. than Hollywood Brown. He's got sure yeah. hands than Hollywood Brown, and he's got four three speed, and he's taller than Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, <laughs> I, what about Hollywood Brown? Says 
first round pick. Yeah, here you go, Baltimore. Like, I got to believe Baltimore's GM had to have heard that on the other line and been like, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Did you say pick 23? (laughs) I was, Uh, yeah, sure. I think we can manage that. Yeah, those those scouts are all getting a nice bonus. Yeah, for the Ravens. (laughs) Um, and then lastly, I just had some quick fun facts uh, about the draft. So Georgia, 15 players picked in the NFL draft yep. this year, uh, five in the first round. Kind of incredible. All on defense. The five yeah, first rounders were all defense. For most defensive players selected in the first round. Crazy. And uh, shout out to our fellow Potter, uh, Eric Schmidt. The Steelers set an NFL record for the most sets of brothers on a team. Yeah. So <laughs> they uh, they drafted uh, Connor Hayward, so and his teammate or his brother Camward Hayward Cam is Hayward, on a team. Yeah. You got TJ and Derek Watt, uh, Terrell and Trey Edmonds, and then uh, Carlos and Khalil Davis. So good for them. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fun stats. Thank you. <laughs> it's a good way to end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that does it for the episode. Um, going forward, starting um, this, well, we'll be recording this Wednesday um, and then releasing Thursday morning. We'll be doing two podcasts a week. We'll be doing one Sunday and we'll record Sunday night and release Monday morning and then either record Wednesday or Thursday and then release Thursday morning or Friday mornings. Um, Want to just give you guys some more content and maybe break down the podcast a little bit more. Um, just so we can talk about specific sports more and rather than flipping between them all as much. So, um, yeah, hoping to give you guys some more content, obviously. Um, If you want to see some good jersey swaps from the draft, check out the Instagram and Twitter pages. Mike's did some amazing jersey swaps for us. They're amazing. Our our boy uh, uh, Quay Alexander, Devontae Wyatt, and Christian Watson all in the Packers. A lot of fun to do. I feel like an artist. Also got an AJ Brown one too. Yes. Um, and there'll be more coming. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, oh, we got an Aiden Hutchinson one too. Yeah. Hey, that one took a while. Like I know he, he there's a Lions one out there. Yeah. Hutch. Yep. Hutch made it. Yeah. Nice. And as trades continue, I'll keep doing them. Perfect. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but follow us on all of our social media platforms. We have Twitter, we have Facebook. We have Instagram. If you just search Don't You Know Sports, I'm not going to give you all the handles because they're all different because availability was funky, so all of them are slightly different. But if you just search Don't You Know Sports on any of them, our page will come up. It's a blue logo. It's the same logo as the podcast. You'll find it. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed the pod, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Peace and love.